Hey guys, this is Pete, just inviting you to check out my ebook novels, Frankenstein Soul's Echo and Frankenstein The Life Beyond. Uh, also, my award winning children's chapter book, Princess Belle and the Dragon's Charm, all on EnceladusLiterary.com. Thanks, now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. Taking me up in Switzerland. How do I know what you're telling me is the truth? I guess we'll just have to learn to trust each other. With your host, Pete. No TV and no beer make Homer something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! <laughs> And Greg. Damn, I wish this event were tonight. It's not tonight. When is it? February. Why are you wearing a tux? It's after six. What am I, a farmer? And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. Oh. Well, let's see how it ends. It's time to be Captain Explano, as we are here with a new episode of Hindsight is 2020. What show? The Revenge and... Edition. <laughs> <laughs> the Revenge of, of, of Yaddle. The Revenge of Yaddle <laughs> on her prom date. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Saipo Diaz. I'm here to pick up Yaddle for the prom. <laughs> prom? Prom, you say? <laughs> Yaddle went to the prom 20 minutes ago with her boyfriend, Plukun. Plukun? <laughs> <laughs> and that is how you do Fairly Brothers. Uh, there you go. It's like Muppet Babies, the Star Wars version. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about Yaddle. Uh, so. Well, before we get into tonight's, tonight's topic, since we're literally right on the heels of uh, Star Wars Celebration. Star Wars, come on! Do 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 do. Yaddle. <laughs> yeah, sir. I believe there were several Yaddle panels there. <laughs> That's the most important panel to have, actually, is the Yaddle panel. Yaddle, Yoda, whatever. <laughs> well, which which Muppet had which wig on? <laughs> Go. <laughs> Traded wigs. They did. Um, anyways, anything uh, you want to comment on from the festivities? Nope, it's all over. The Jedi are ending, according to Book. The Jedi are ending. Damn it, you showed up too late. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's time for this party to end. And Luke just turns into an 80s action hero and turns around with a big blaster. It's time for this Jedi party to end. I just figured he'd turn around and just try to replicate the Mace Windu line there. This party's over. 
Master Window. So lovely of you to show up in my office. It took forever. I had to disappear from the creditors to pay off that damn clone army, but it's done. It's paid. (laughs) There isn't going to be any more Jedi Order. You got it? Uh, we got the pants suit up. Old ben, old ben passed me a bill for a jet or a clone <laughs> army, and here I am, thirty years later, finally realized bankruptcy laws are in, in the, back in vogue. You think I want to be living in this cave? Fuck no! I had to get rid of Jedi Inc. LLC for some reason. That was stuck on me. I became the beneficiary of that junk heap. Hell, I had to pay off Kylo to get rid of that new order I started because, whoop, those bills follow you. <laughs> <laughs> so I just signed the Jedi order over to Donald Trump Jr. and went off to live in Ireland. So <laughs> The Irish Jedi arise. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, it was Star Wars. It was Celebration. We have the last Jedi trailer. We have the final season of Rebels. Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2 with, listen, I, we, we know those people love them multiplayer games out there. They love to go online and find some kid from Kansas who's 12 cursing in his headset as he blows you up every time you spawn. But, boy. Really like to not have to be the only part of the game. <laughs> that would really be nice. Uh, please hold one moment. I'm gonna. So we know that there are folks out there who love themselves a, a good old online multiplayer shooting game thing. But it's really nice if some of those maps and Battlefront would be available for me to just play at any time I want, not having to use the internet. So I don't know, Davy. I love those DLCs, Davy. <laughs> And that's the other thing. I'm paying $60 for a game. Don't then make me pay like $20 a month to then be able to have the right to pay $20 for a download to to then have to get online. No. Good Lord. I paid for a game. How about that? And the other glaring thing that uh, the last edition kind of overlooked, and again, I get it. Life has moved on since the original two games came out. But... um, a large number of people who that you know type of game was attracted to and everything like that. Um, you could just go play by yourself if you wanted to, and they give you very limited options with that last edition. So hopefully, that, you you really really want Moss Eisley to come back so that you can have fifteen versions of Han Solo running around shooting at eleven versions of the Emperor. I better be getting well paid for this. And Django and Boba Fett in triplicate. Who is that guy? Who is that guy? I'm here, kid. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, uh, but uh, hey, they, they weren't all gem moves on the old games. Let's face it. You have to sit here and talk about talk about Star Wars. What the? That's not what we're here for, and that's not what anybody's here for. But we can roll it out. Uh, from that rollout, which All is right. Star Wars Rebels is announced to be ending at season four because Dave Filoni complained that they kind of pulled the plug on the Clone Wars cartoon before he could finish it. So that well, leads us to your list of what other shows out there have had their plug pulled before they could do what they needed to do. Hey, you know what? 
I don't say this often enough. That was a great segue. Yes, and I wasn't was even riding flawless. on a two-wheel thingy. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing leather pants and sunglasses through spring training. I was not riding on a Segway at all. <laughs> Looking like a giant douche. <laughs> Let's uh, go look up some old Jim Bowden Oh, uh, come on. I was going to leave it as a wonderful inside joke for nothing <laughs> being recorded. But uh, what, what? this is your topic. So you you oh, take man. the lead here. I got I to gotta babble. All right. Well, uh, I guess first of all, um, we'll, we'll just bunt around a little bit here. Have you ever gotten around to watching the Clone Wars TV series? I watched quite a few before Netflix pulled it. Stupid Netflix. Oh, is that down now? Yeah, it was pulled like beginning of March, I think, is when it was oh, taken okay. off. It was just up there for a really long time. I just figured it was probably still up there. Um, yeah, that got cut at least at least a season earlier than I think they were anticipating. Maybe even two because um, I know one of the seasons got released on Netflix, and then uh, if you go digging through YouTube and stuff, they've got like fully voiced, very rough kind of models of episodes that you can watch that um, are great cubist computer renderings of what would have happened in the episodes. Um, but yeah, um, I could see where he. I guess would want to not have something like that happen again. But to the best of my knowledge, there isn't any real danger that uh, Rebels was going to get canceled, was it? No, no way. There's no way. In the new Disneyland, Disney yeah. World, the wonderful world of Disney, the Euro Disneyland we live in of Star Wars having control of of this, <laughs> uh, this or Disney having control of Star Wars. There we go. There is no chance that anything with the Star Wars label on it is going to get canceled unless yeah, okay, well. it's the story of, like, child molestation or something. And then they'll be like, uh, I don't think we can put that out, guys. <laughs> well, maybe we Star can. Star Wars, the child <laughs> Maybe we can put this out because it's got Star Wars on it. So we'll make a quick buck before we have to pull it. Talk about a marketing club. Yeah. <laughs> But I no, there's there's just okay. no way. But I think a, yeah. the, the Clone Wars was when did that end? That would be the big answer to that question: is when did uh, end? Well, it end? It ended before Disney bought it. Then that's the reason why. Is that in the? the I, I want to say it was right in that transition period. Well, in the ebbs and flows of his last forty years of Star Wars. That was probably right in one of those ebbs of okay. Well, the prequels weren't unanimously loved, and that was 2005. And then the Clone Wars show was on, and that Clone Wars movie came out in 2008. And this was before Lucasfilm was bought up by Disney in 2012. So I'm sure it just kind of faded out because they're like, well, okay, it ran from 2008, which is, I guess, when that movie came out, to 2015. So there you go. I mean, they probably just said, all right, well, we need to reset, reboot. We're doing a full story group where everything has to be connected. Uh, So tell your stories, but it's got to follow the thread of the new universe they're forming. And they were adamant, I guess, that the Clone Wars be part of canon. But, I, I, you know, that was on the heels of Force Awakens ready to come out and start things anew. And they probably wanted to just completely cut ties as much as they could from the past stuff. 
and say we're starting yeah, clean, even though it's canon. Thought. <laughs> so even though Clone Wars is canon, you're starting to go off and tell a whole bunch of stories that aren't going to maybe match up with our new story group. So let's just cut it off now. Well, I keep hearing increasing buzz about not just wanting the Clone War stuff back and driving back around to the Battlefront stuff, but uh, that there's more and more talk of uh, doing more of that with canon stuff again. So maybe they're not going to be quite as gun shy going forward. Um, but we'll we'll see where all that ultimately goes. But yeah, but don't yeah, isolate that's... yourself in the universe for Crown. I do like a Knights of the Old Republic something or. You know, they, they six years of handling the Clone Wars plus three prequel movies in that time frame, or two movies in that time frame, really. Well, I mean, That's they enough. may do it. They may do it with comics. They may do it with books or that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know how exactly they would do it. I don't think they'd do another whole series about it, but you never know. So you're saying they would use books and <clears throat> papers? Books and papers, <laughs> of course. George Lucas's <laughs> old library. <laughs> he can feel it. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they got plenty of other places to go. But what else? What else besides Star Wars? Mm, well, here, okay, here's is there one anything that I know. Besides Star Wars. There is, surprisingly enough. <laughs> There's a show called Firefly. It was kind of like Star Wars. Well, that's that's number two on my list. I'm going to go with one that I know that you watched back in the day because I watched it with you. Uh, Dead Like Me. Yeah. See, I'll, I'll err on the side of... Uh, I always wanted to keep things positive, but here I am slipping right back into this negative tone. <laughs> hey, Not intentional. Is that when, was, when was that? That was on the early 2000s, right? Earlier mid... I want to okay. say like around 2005, 2006, something like that. But mm-hmm. that was one of those shows that I think fits into a very certain niche category that we'll probably talk about. I was going to say, well, most of these shows on this list are probably niche. <laughs> well, I'm not saying the genre. I'm saying this category I'm creating out of thin air. Okay. And the category is, well, it's not well-defined because I'm creating it out of thin air. Mm. It's... Consisting of shows that have a really great premise in the room. Mm -hmm. Somebody sits in the writer's room and says, here's the premise. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. Exactly. the dog agrees. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Og. So how about I continue? Yes, exactly. So Okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We're recording this in springtime. He's seeing people walk around, or he's hearing me talk about Dead Like Me. Well, one of the two. It's unclear. (laughs) The category is really somebody came up with a kick-ass idea and was able Mm -hmm. to write out 13 episodes or whatever and said, here's the story, and then got boxed into, well continue on with season two and you think yeah, it doesn't really deserve a season two i don't know it's just <laughs> off. there's that category of show where you get this kick-ass premise that rocks on and then all of a sudden you get to season two and you're like oh well we're kind of out of story oh no can you think of any other shows off the top of your head that you'd put into that box i'm trying to um so I keep, my brain keeps going to movies, and I'm trying to keep it in TV world. I can't. I, I I swear there's probably 18 million of them. I just can't think of any right now. Where and I'm sure I've seen a bunch of them. Um, okay, here's a random, completely off the wall, ra- crazy random happenstance. All right, go for it. Uh, there was a show in like 2006 on NBC called The Journeyman. 
Ooh, don't remember that. And it had okay. the lead actor was the guy who was from Rome, and I believe he has been in the what whether they on the eighty second season of Grey's Anatomy, or however long <laughs> that show's been going on. I I don't know that thing's lapping mash at this point. <laughs> yeah, it really is. My wife watched that, and I watched the first season and a half, and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Is no that falling into the ER replacementitis, or is most of that cast still in? I have no idea. All okay. I know is this guy was on there. I can't think of his name, but he was he. We'll call him Erschweil Helderstadt. Uh, well, Mr. Helderstadt was brought <laughs> on, I believe, somewhere around season two, three of Grey's Anatomy, whatever. But this was right after he did uh, The Journeyman. And it was, mm-hmm. again, one of these really cool premises where the guy would, like, I can't remember if he, like, fell asleep or he'd get knocked out. No, he would just kind of disappear. That's it. And mm-hmm. he'd go back in time. So, like, he could go back in time into his own body. So it wasn't Quantum Leap. It was just simply... I was going to say, well, it sounds rather Quantum you know, Leap. It was, it was interesting. But, again, it, it did that somebody sitting in a room going, hey, this is interesting. Cool. Right? Six episodes. Cool. What else? Oh, shit. So I don't know why, as you're talking, I'm thinking back to, and it probably has some real obvious name like The Paper, but some CBS show where the guy got, like tomorrow's disaster today kind of thing. He had to run around and prevent it from happening. Yeah. I, I can't think news of tomorrow or something. Yeah. Like something that. like that. But the yeah, page. As, as far as like being a premise show that you're like, yeah, but it's like, well, how far, how many times can you do this? Yeah. But I mean, journeyman was like that. Another one that just came to mind was Reaper. I think Reaper fits. Yeah, Reaper's that on the list. Yeah. Where, it was, uh, you know, not to steal your thunder, but I think that's definitely one that suffers from the really cool premise, really good, well-written show for the first season. And then, well, now you're just kind of falling into some things that aren't really working out. And I that's one that could have stood for maybe better writers or... If it was more popular, it would have had a bigger budget or something did like that, that. Did that go two seasons or three? I think it went two. Okay. Because it had a kick-ass first season, and then when the second season came back, you think, ah, just something's off. Like, it just it lost its luster real quick and went downhill real quick. So I think and it's, those... and it's hard to say with shows sometimes. I mean, it's, yeah, the writers switch out or there's infighting at the production level or just the money dries up. Um, I'm going off of mostly memory with things on this list. Um, so it's been ages since I've seen either Dead Like Me or Reaper. Um, so I can't, like, speak to specific episodes or the overall, like, arcs that the shows took. Um, I just remember them leaving a favorable impression with me and kind of when I was sitting here and scribbling out this list, um, just kind of going, well, you know, this it, – it had a good premise. So, I mean, maybe – you know, would would you be up for seeing some kind of a we're in the reboot era? Would you be up for seeing any kind of like a second take at something like either of those shows? Or do you think that it was like flawed from the get go and they took it as far as they could? And there's absolutely no way you could make anything as good as the show at its best or take it in a different direction. I would go with B, Scott. <laughs> OK. Because I think they, those two in particular, Mm -hmm. I think Dead Like Me had an interesting enough premise 
and maybe it was just the the actors that I didn't care for, or it didn't have a a broad enough character base to really make it an interesting full on television show. I think Dead Like Me, you definitely needed to broaden the scope of it in some fashion and give them some bigger problem beyond the basic premise to deal with if you were going to go anywhere with that one. That, and uh, I think Reaper suffered from, frankly, I think Reaper, Reaper suffered from not having Joss Whedon. I think mm-hmm. Joss Whedon, that, w- that would have been a perfect, or, or one of his brethren, one of his progeny from the Buffy days, I think would have benefited greatly on that show to expanding the mythology beyond what they did, which was simply go capture souls for the devil. Okay. And it started to become kind of this weird procedural and they didn't add anybody really to the cast. So it yeah, was that like show was isolated. definitely at its best when it was doing the background and mythology building and pitting him directly against um, the Ray Wise devil character that was always fun when he would crop up and everything. But, yeah, sometimes they just stray off into relationship territory things or weird little tangents. And um, and I think we should say we've we've done enough <laughs> over the last five years of this show to, to talk about things, but I think the baseline for me when I'm going off of the modern day storytelling television landscape. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the, the baseline, the framework for me is two guys, Joss Whedon and JJ Abrams. I think those are the two guys. And this is without any of the early HBO stuff. Cause I never really watched any of the early, like the Sopranos or the wire or Oz uh, the, the kind of early stuff that people would say, no, wait, that qualifies. I'm just speaking just personally. It's Joss Whedon and it's J.J. Abrams. I think those are the guys that bridge the gap between the, you got a cool sci-fi show? Cool. How can we do it week to week? You got a a crazy mystery? Cool. How can we do it week to week? And it was Joss who created the big season arc and things would be connected. <laughs> And it would still be kind of week to week, but he was able to expand the mythology and just kind of always manipulate and deal with things as they would quote unquote really happen if that, those things were happening and mm-hmm. not and and not not falling into the old television trope of like we like I said years ago that uh, the creator of Breaking Bad talked about when he worked on the X Files and he said it was a real problem when you'd have Scully. Or who was uh, the dude? Mulder? Mulder. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you'd have Mulder get attacked by an alien in his apartment or something like that, and the next week his apartment would be fine. <laughs> like they just didn't acknowledge that the world uh, that they built. Well, well there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, men in black ask <laughs> blink and forget about it kind yeah. of things on that show. But it was that, and then it was the the J.J. Abrams first with Alias, then with Lost. Where I, I consider Buffy, Alias, and Lost the three shows that kind of bridge network television from where it used to be to where we are now. And they, they had a lot of growing pains involved in those three shows, but they were the testing ground for what had to happen in order to get to the type of storytelling now where people call it the renaissance of TV. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely think those two guys are my baseline for how it was done correctly, which was great premise 
and then fully embrace the world you create and make a serialized show and make somebody have to watch episodes one, two, and three, not the old model of, well, at any given time, somebody's going to step in and watch Jack Tripper do something crazy on Three's Company, so just reset and do something crazy this week. And, yeah, you don't have to include, like, ten minutes of expository Previously, uh, di- dialogue yeah, that just... <laughs> that would be awesome. Now, remember, everybody... Previously, <laughs> previously on Three's Company. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. And more uh, than just a special... Certain shows, I know we've talked about this, but certain shows of different eras, it is hard to go back and watch because they do. They just all sit there and talk about stuff that, you know, it's like, look... These people have been in this situation before, or they know their jobs, or whatever. It's like they would never be explaining this stuff to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's and it would be like you and I getting in a car and going, "Now, okay, man, you got to remember, you got to put the key in the ignition if you want the car to start." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Buffy comes along and it's like, "Just get in, start the car, and drive away, and talk about whatever's going on right now," because you've dealt with that before. And that so. Long story short, too late. Of uh, that's the my where I'm coming from when I think of the the greatest of TV that has you know TV has to offer and mm-hmm. what could be expanded upon and why some things that we would would be on this list of what ended too early mm-hmm. would would qualify as well. I, and I have a feeling that a lot of things on your list are probably existing in the middle of that bridge time. You know, uh, well, we'll see. There's definitely um, like mid '90s to mid 2000s. I call. I was going to say time. there's definitely some stuff in the 2000s here. It, it, that's the time where Alias Buffy Lost were just breaking down the wall at network television, going, "No, no, no, we're going to mention what happened two episodes ago because the people in this story would remember what happened two episodes ago and there would be a cause and effect to what happened two episodes ago. So we don't care if somebody's watching right now for the first time. If they are, they're going to have to go back and buy the DVDs and watch to find out what the hell is going on. And that's well, just out of curiosity, since you brought them up, I think I know where you're at with Lost and probably where you're at with the other two. But do you feel that, you know, given... Taking taking out of the mix any feelings that the showrunners, creators, actors, actresses would have had um, for Alias or Buffy and everything, do you feel like there was still enough life or enough premise in those that they could have kept going as a show if they wanted to? I know Buffy came back in comics and stuff like that. but Yeah, I think Buffy could have gone on. I think Alias... It told a beginning, middle, and end. It got very clunky, and that's why I say that that's perhaps of the three, that might be the most crucial in the business sense of how television has evolved, not just the the the, the characters and stuff, but just in the way that network television has evolved in the last 15 to 20 years. I think Alias is very crucial because it started off the first two seasons. People who have seen them watching, binge-watching like we did on DVD – are going, mm-hmm. this was fantastic. But the network start, you know, was the old immovable object going, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. What if somebody comes into Alias Season 2 and Episode 9 and watches it? They're not going to have any idea what's going on. You haven't explained anything. And so they forced them to go to, into Season 3 going, no, well, you got to make this a procedural show. 
where they're in a special agency that goes out and does crazy things. And season three started to falter. And then they just kind of, they, they started to try and work themselves back up again and say, wait, no, we had a story we were telling here, guys. Let's come back in season four and try and figure out how to get our footing again. But by then, yeah, yeah we're starting to falter. And then they managed to close the loop on the story they wanted to tell. But I think that that hiccup just kind of screwed them. And even the creators, even J.J. Abrams and the guys on the show were probably by season five going, well, (laughs) it's not quite what we thought was going to happen. Yeah. And so I think they were grappling with themselves, the old model of, Oh, well, if you got a hit show, you just keep making it versus, but wait, we actually had a story that has an ending, so we should end it. And I think that's why season five is so wonky, because it's like, well, we've introduced two new characters that are leads for some reason, but we've still got our old characters here that were part of the main story we were originally telling, so we brought new guys on to keep going, but wait, we don't want to keep going. Oh, let, screw it, just... Put a big ball of oil in the water in the sky. And let's end it. <laughs> the the ultimate ending, <laughs> big ball of oil. <laughs> so, but I, I, you know, I keep hijacking it to talk about those three shows. But what else is on the list of what has ended too soon? Well, you mentioned Firefly, and I mean the fact that it did get a uh, follow up movie and everything. Uh, they are talking, or there has been talk about bringing this back. Um, or the recent talk. I'm really on the fence about that idea. Uh, number one, because several of the key characters uh, died in the movie, and one of the key actors uh, in real life has now passed away. And I think if you were going to do that, you might get away with doing some other little movie thing, but... I think the ship has kind of sailed on at least bringing back the original group of people. Now, you might be able to do some kind of recast and, again, expand the premise, but I don't know if you're ever going to get the spirit of the show back. So, Which I that's... believe you have just summed up the entire arc of Hindsight as 2020's history. <laughs> oh, wow. Going into, oh, it's been like 15 years. Can we bring these guys back? No, no. Just, you're done. <laughs> If you if you if you've been thinking about it for a while but you haven't done it by now, nah, you're you're all right. Well, for a variety of reasons, it didn't happen again. But uh, yeah, um, that one that one might be a tough uh, tough road to move forward on. But uh, definitely a show that ended too soon and had a lot more uh, that you could have done with that premise and the setup and everything. Now, what about one that was ended too, way too soon, which is ER? That one, obviously. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. 52 years of ER that we... <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yes, sir. We could do a follow-up show. Shows that should have gone faster. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> That's just an odd one right there. <laughs> I got I got kind of an odd one here next on my list, too. Um, this was up on Hulu right now, and I hadn't seen it since it aired um, eh, late 2000s, early 2010 uh, kind of era. Um, a 
kind of fantasy show called The Legend of the Seeker, which is based on a series of books by an author named Terry Goodkind. That I haven't read the books, but I had seen the um, show before. And it kind of gets described as like Lord of the Rings meets like Xeno, kind of, because it was done by the same production company that did that, but um, at a higher production value. And they weren't making it all up as they went because they had a series of books to kind of go off of. But um, this was a show that ran for two seasons. And I think from what I was reading, they literally just ran out of money and couldn't get anybody to fund a third season. But it was doing, I think, pretty solid in the ratings and uh, did do a nice job of kind of world building and character development and changing things. And um, this is just unfortunately one of those shows that succumb to outside problems more than anything creative. But uh, if uh, that type of story or genre appeals to you, I'd, I'd encourage people to go and uh, check that out, especially if you have Hulu. But what was it originally on? I'm looking it up here and I'm seeing images. I have no memory I think, of this show. I think uh, I, I want to say I originally saw it because this was like, filmed in New Zealand, I think is where they did all the shooting and they might've aired it there like a year before it came to the States. And I think like the CW or somebody was originally, um, airing it, even though it's like a ABC pictures or television production or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was one that I just randomly happened to come across cause I think they would run it, um, did you fall off the chair? <laughs> no. <laughs> the studio is falling apart. <laughs> I just I, I, I couldn't believe that they cut Legends of the Seeker off. Too <laughs> I didn't know if it was that or Yaddle showed up to get a draw. <laughs> I wasn't sure what happened there. <laughs> uh, open up a kind of whoop ass on him. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, please continue. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty much wrapped with that one. But all I was saying was that it was a show that I think ran a couple times, maybe on the weekends. And that's that's kind of how I ran across it back when it was originally on. But definitely a fun watch. So why did um, it end too I mean, what hmm? in the story said that it ended too soon? Did it have a beginning, well, middle, I, and end? Or did it have a beginning and then all of a sudden there was a cliffhanger and it never came back? Uh, kind, of, kind of the second one. Um, it was... They were they did a nice job with the like season arcs and they always framed something with the seeker character having some kind of a quest to undertake with some clear goal that he needed to do to save the world that these characters inhabited and everything. And um there were different, you know, side characters who would come in and get developed and change sides depending on the situation and everything. And they had kind of this penultimate villain character who was able to come back in different forms and um, kept moving things along as they would introduce new nemesis characters and everything. He'd always be kind of in the background and would have been the um, the character's name was Dark and Raw. He would have been, again, kind of dry, the driving force behind the third season. So. Um, it had a similar pattern, but they had different things that they had to accomplish and do, and they had callbacks to previous things that had happened. And um, it just, like I said, it was a very nice uh, 
kind of woven uh, show that it wasn't like, okay, well, there was this one character in the first season and you never saw them again. They, they'd come back, they'd work them back in um, when the stories needed them to. So, Fair enough. Huh. I got nothing to add because I have never heard of that show. <laughs> well, check it out. Fair enough. You might, you might, you might like it. I don't know. Um, got another one. This was a satirical show called Better Off Ted. Oh, sure. I've heard of that one. Never saw it. It is hilarious. Um, wait, the wait, setup wait. is it high, hilarious? Hee haw, knee slapping, hilarious. Uh, um. What was it? Viridian, I think, was the company, the fake company that they worked at. And um, it it just really did a wonderful job of kind of encapsulating the corporate mindset, basically. And, yeah, Viridian Dynamics, that was the name of it. And um, it was just kind of fast-paced and witty and um, really didn't shy away from uh, – just again exposing and satirizing just workplace humor and uh corporate greed and um they'd have these like fake little promos for the company that uh were just hilarious and um i think they got two seasons out of that and i know that was one that uh i think people did try to save before it got canceled but um really really uh good show uh to go back and check out uh probably mid 2000s i'd say is when that one was on the air all right i I mean that reminds me there was another show that that kind of uh went into that and for some reason i have completely misplaced my brain um because i cannot remember the name of this johnny lee miller Let's see, Lee Miller, who's currently Sherlock Holmes in elementary, if that show even exists anymore. I don't know, but he was just in Trainspotting 2. Well, but of course. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. This is great radio. Searching the internet. Saves a lot of lives. Eli Stone, there you go. I think it was around the same time frame, and that's a show that my wife watched uh-huh. where, yet again, it was big-time premise. Great. Let's write six episodes. That's fantastic. What else you got? Oh, um, you mean we got to do a season two? Oh, we don't have a story left. Okay. <laughs> and it was, it was. I wonder if anybody will ever just come up with, like, premise TV network, and they're all, like, <laughs> Six or less episode shows. Yes, it's called Netflix. (laughs) And even they force you to do 13. What the hell, Netflix? Come on, you're supposed to be different. But, yeah, Eli Stone was in that same ballpark of, hey, we got a really weird premise. This, This crazy old lawyer has gotten ill or something, and now his he gets hallucinations that make him turn good instead of doing an old lawyery crap and and he'd get these crazy hallucinations where George Michael would show up and sing for him and then he'd get up an epiphany and solve a court case and and it was quirky and uniquely acted and then after about eight episodes you're like oh oh yeah you don't have any story left do you 
Okay, but you're going to try and make a season two. Okay, yeah, and you fall. <laughs> that's a similar, similar premise. But again, that that's, defies the shows that ended before they were done. These are, I keep talking about shows that they should have just had a bottle of like six episodes and been done. Like that would be the greatest <laughs> TV network ever. You got six episodes and done. <laughs> I can't, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that is like, oh, my God, why did you cut that off? Because I, because we live in such a, a modern world of so many networks that need content, so they're hesitant to cut them off and just allow things to, to be and breathe that deserve it. And, and that's kind of a rare thing right now. I mean, you have a lot of times where things might get cut or canceled i mean nbc is the the epitome of that over the you know the latter part of the 2000s where yeah i got a i got a show on here from them <laughs> okay well go and we'll see which one you got uh it's called american odyssey oh okay well there's one i wasn't thinking of never heard yeah. of it what do you got <laughs> <laughs> like what was it about yeah I, not, not a clue um, okay, so this actress who's also in a BBC series called Marcella that I think is coming back for, or does have a second season, um, in the American Odyssey, she plays this uh, American soldier named Odell who comes across some intel in the Middle East, and basically there's this cover-up and collusion between forces and the government and this... Um, kind of Halliburton-esque company that bombs the site where she's at after they find out that she's discovered something because it's, like, encrypted or and she's just unraveling it when this launch comes in. And they try repeatedly to hunt her down and kill her. And there's tie-ins with, like, protest stuff going on back home and her encountering and getting help from all these unexpected sources as she tries to make her way out of the Middle East. And it was just a really interesting kind of setup and very well acted. And as far as I know, it's only has the one season, but a show that, again, I think has a lot of uh, potential. And I really wish that they would go forward with it if they aren't already planning on doing it. But to the best of my knowledge, I think it was a one-and-done kind of season thing that was uh, really good. Yeah, I think that's rare, and it's getting rarer and rarer because you got so many networks that not only will you have you know, a show that maybe ends too soon, you've got somebody else. So, I mean, hell, Community was currently on the, the bubble on NBC, now, granted, they really shouldn't have gone as long as they did, but, you know, they never really got the wrap-up, so to speak, that Dan Harmon wanted to give them. NBC said, ah, we're, we're done. You just keep floating in and out of no ratings. And then freaking Yahoo Television <laughs> paid to try and just streamed a whole new season on Yahoo. So I think we just, we live in a world where if something has any vague semblance of quality, there's almost a guarantee it's going to keep going in some way until it reaches an endpoint that the creators wanted. Um, I mean, another idea that probably should have gone, let's say, three seasons and then been wrapped would have been Chuck, the show mm. on NBC. Yeah. Interesting idea, interesting premise. You created some decent characters. You have 
a, a long arc that really you know worked well for about two seasons. And frankly, the fans were the ones that just kept flooding, saying, no, 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 petition, keep it on. So NBC kept it on, and it was to its detriment because you got seasons 15, season 17. Yeah. It was like, okay, now They, they really the ran out of ideas with that, I think, about five times. And it wasn't just they ran out of ideas. It's just they got so far away from the original idea that it, it – just oh yeah, it became this like spy show. super spy thing, yeah. yeah. And it was like, uh, no, <laughs> it, was, it worked fine for like three years, and they could have just said done and wrapped it up, but they didn't, and so that's the double-edged sword of that balancing act of do we end things and go out on top, or do we keep trying to stretch it, or you know, are we? in that ever shrinking gray area of, well, we got something decent here, but not enough people are watching. We can't keep going. So is it really something decent? You know, I think more and more we're going to live in a world where that is the case that if something just isn't great or good, it's just not going to see its end point period. Well, depending on where things go with some of these streaming services and everything, um, yeah, it, I don't know if uh, it'll be harder if people want to try to continue a series that's on one, like it starts out on Amazon and then Netflix is like, oh, yeah, we'll take that over or whatever if they'd just be limited to showing whatever it was that they created after that point or how things will get kind of chopped up and parsed out. Well, it's getting, it's getting more interesting, too, because it's becoming more and more prevalent that other networks are kind of bidding for stuff. I mean, obviously, it used to be there were four networks. If your show was off the air, you're, well, you're done. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to think. There were some old shows that, oh, God, I am having a complete mental breakdown back in the heyday in the 70s. Uh, oh, well, yeah. There were breakdown sh- in the 70s. I remember that. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to remember there were a couple of shows that did actually go from one network. Um, Wonder Woman. There we go. I don't know why I was blanking on that. The old Linda Carter Wonder Woman was actually mm-hmm. between two networks over its lifespan. I think it started on ABC and ended up on CBS. So, Yeah, and it's not rare for whatever reason for sometimes like studios or yeah, television uh, channels will fund a uh, program, but it'll turn up and get aired on another program. Yeah, or another station, or whatever. But but it it happens, and and I think it's it's almost expected now. Like uh, the Marvel show Agent Carter was on ABC, mm-hmm. and that's one that would probably fit into the list of well, they had a cliffhanger and just it ended. <laughs> so, all right, well, it's over. Um, and it was almost like okay, well, then what streaming service is going to pick up Agent Carter and bring it back? And as to this point. Nope, it's done. So, I mean, that definitely fits into the list of, yeah. well, you guys, you were going somewhere, and it's kind of the, it's the prequel issue of, well, we know you have some place you can go because we know things that are supposed to happen, and you haven't reached that yet. So, okay, you well, got cut off at the knees then. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if... Uh... Netflix seems to be pretty cozy with Marvel with airing different series. It'll be interesting to see if some point down the road they don't try to pick something up with that. But I think that that would be a very good idea, actually. Uh, is 
because the, the kind of end point you want to get with Agent Carter is somewhere in the 1960s when she helps found the shield that we come to know where Michael, young Michael Douglas would be there as the original Ant-Man and older Howard Stark would be there with his young baby Tony Stark and as shields just getting up and running. I think that yeah. would be where you'd want to be. And hell, you, you let Haley Atwell age for about another 10 years and then do another version, like the founding of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, yeah, do a, a streaming show. Or God knows where we'll be in 10 years with television. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I'll just get beamed directly into your brain. <laughs> and she just, and she can come back and play the older version of that character because where the show left off was in, like, the, the late 1940s. So it was well off of where they were intending on going. Yeah, so uh, shows do come back sometimes. Yes, like, they do. Like the next one on my list. What? Is it Aftermash? Uh, the one with Jamie Fall. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Arrested Development. Oh, Arrested Development. Development, yes. What a... Weird show and a weird path that show has taken over time. Yeah, that might be one of the oddest <laughs> network television show stories ever. Of yeah. How, Thank you, where, Fox. <laughs> yeah, where it's gone and where it's gone and how it's still alive and what? <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was one that I watched when it originally aired and don't think I followed it because I think the third season was just something that was streamed and this was back in the day where that was massively inconvenient. Um, so it was a while before I saw the third season and then the fourth season. Did you did you watch the show much when it originally aired? Or No, I didn't watch it when originally. You had me watch okay. it after the fact. Okay, okay. And did you see the fourth one, the fourth season? Yeah, I think I watched it all. Uh, okay. Ahead of when Netflix had their version, and that was so radically different than what had come before. I think a lot of fans just kind of went, "I don't know what to make of this," because there was stuff out to take out of it to like, but the fact that they couldn't get all the cast members together on a regular basis to just like shoot stuff, and they were doing it very piecemeal, um, contributed to the way that they did some of the storytelling and. I guess they are doing a fifth season. Um, I don't know when it's coming out, but supposedly they're going to try to go back to more of the original setup. Um, and they have been able to get people kind of committed to be able to be on set more at the same time and everything. So we'll we'll see where that ultimately goes. But, yeah, that's one that has died several deaths and just keeps coming back. But the question I think we should leave it with is, should it? I mean, I don't it... know after that fourth season if that's a good idea or not. Yeah, I was not. I was not a. I was not a big fan of the fourth season. That just as goes to the, the problem that we have talked about now for five years is, can you, we? At some points you're just going to have to leave something alone. I I think my my gut instinct is is that if this doesn't please more of the fans the fifth season doesn't that they'll probably just say you know what it was it had its run we're good and it'll just be what it is and that'll be it yeah but 
Well, I mean, it's it sounds like there's just a laundry list of shows that, uh, quote-unquote, ended too soon. <laughs> but I think what we've come organically to is maybe uh, a, a lot of shows that we think end too soon. Yeah, most of the time, maybe they ended too late. <laughs> like... <laughs> Maybe they they needed an ending, and then they had one, and then they kept going, and then it became kind of like, well, it just kind of kept going. Maybe they could finish off the next arc, whereas that was it should have been more efficient. With no, you you had two seasons, you were done. Why'd you do seven? Well, you don't. Yeah, you don't get too many of these uh, second or third bows for shows. Uh, Family Guy would be an example of one that is been resurrected yeah Um, something else on my list that i'm going to be very keen to see if they can pull it off would will be the season three of twin peaks coming out uh, next month Um, oh you are happy about that yeah (laughs) and talk about a lag (laughs) between the original and almost uh, 30 years yeah and they follow up and everything and that will be Unique for several reasons, but yeah, that I think is really going to put this line of thinking to the test. It's like, well, but can think, you bring something back, or can you do something new, but in the spirit of what came before, and make it successful and kind of make it its own thing? So um, they have I kept think it very that, much under wraps. So I don't fully know what to expect out of it. So yeah, I think the Twin Peaks <clears throat> example though doesn't fit into this episode. That fits into our Reboot Cool episode because it seems like you've got the original players who are back. I mean, that seems like that should have come out in 2015. Yeah, but it, Creed it, and Star Wars and Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, leaving leaving Terminator. the time frame leaving the time frame out of it. I mean, I'm going to still argue that it belongs here in this episode because it was something that. Um, had its really high points and its really low points and was kind of coming around, kind of finding its footing again when they did pull the plug on it. I understand going back and looking at it, you know, exactly why um, it went the way that it went as far as getting canceled at the end of the second season and their rush to kind of wrap up uh, what they had started to lay out there and some of the missteps that happened. But um, I think if they'd been able to get back on track and it had a little bit more time, it would have been something that would have just organically gotten a third season back in the early nineties. So mm, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your prime example. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll works. see. We'll see if it works. All right. I got a couple more. Almost done. Um, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, though I think I, I don't know what you'll argue, but I think that <laughs> that fits for me into the category of solid premise, solid story. Probably didn't need to go as long as it even did. I, I think they could have they could have wrapped it up and had just a solid like one season only kind of arc telling a unique story within that universe that didn't require being a long-term series. That's a weird one for me because it, yeah, the premise was good and it started out okay. And then I felt like it took a really long time to kind of decide what it wanted to do and what it wanted to be. 
But the back half of the final season, I remember it was starting to get really good. I think the acting got more solid as people kind of got to a better grasp on what they were doing and who their characters were. And um, was something that I think was going uphill at the time that it went away. Again, I totally understand why it didn't pan out. Um, especially given some of what happened with the on you know the big screen counterpart materials, but uh, yeah, that was one that I wish could have gone, uh, if not a full second season, at least like half a season more um, to play to the strengths that I saw it starting to embrace towards the end of its run. All so, right, <laughs> that's that's all I got on that one. All right, uh, Party Down. What was your take on that? I only watched the first season of Party Down. It was funny, but I didn't go much further than that. It, okay. it, that one seems like it's in the Arrested Development world for me. Of It just had funny stories, and it was kind of this offbeat, quirky show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you can come back to it if you get all the players together, and it's just kind of a party but it doesn't fit into the, well, they had a massive story they had to tell, and it got cut off. It was just kind of like... No, I don't think there was fun. a massive story, but, I mean, it was one of those shows that I think uh, you probably could have kept uh, going for another season at least. I don't know beyond that, but I think there was enough there that you could have had um, a little bit more fun with it, but um, I don't think that that was a show that ever really found its audience. Yeah. So. Well... Yeah, I mean, that's part. That's yeah, that's the Arrested Development problem. It just it was a, such a niche show that it was funny for what it was worth and had all the talent in the world behind it. But I mean, I think it did what it needed to do, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's not like a Parks and Rec situation where they really worked hard, but it was worth it to get past like the first two seasons to then be allowed to to complete a story. Um, yeah. yeah, and even that still m- maybe qualifies as going on slightly too long. But, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, you can have the people get together again like Arrested Development and have fun, mm-hmm. but don't wait too long to do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you go real stale. Yeah. Yes, um, and make make whatever it is really tight and compact and short and don't, play to oh maybe we can come back and do this again just make it what it is and have fun with it and move on yep i guess your best bet with that uh the last one that i'll probably toss out there um is a australian show (laughs) Eh? Eh? is it the movie australia with hugh jackman and nicole kidman oh i wish um, no, this is a, uh, this, oh, is, wait, another this is just satir- another plug for you. It's Mad Max Fury Road. I get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you saw through me again. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to make more. Um, this is a, this is another satirical show. Um, it's got two names depending on where you are. Um, it came out in 2014. And the reason I mentioned that is because there's another show by the same name that wasn't made in 2014. So uh, at least streaming here in the States, it's Dreamland 2014. Um, I think it aired down there uh, called Utopia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it's set in this um, 
national building authority uh, that's supposed to be redesigning all of these like huge um, nationwide projects to bring Australia into the 21st century. And it couldn't be led by a group of more incompetent people. Again, very fast paced, very witty. Um, got two seasons, and I really wish they'd been able to keep going with this. I don't know the full story as to why exactly it got canceled, but it is another show that I would highly encourage people to check out. Um, it's currently streaming on Hulu. Um, I found it when it was on Netflix, so it might pop up there again. Fair enough. Mm. <laughs> well, I go back to uh, one of our earliest episodes and say, hey, Bring back Quantum Leap. I don't know if it, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fit into the ended uh, before it should have. I think it's more along the lines of the show premise existed in the wrong time period for when movies were or when TV shows were made. <laughs> so, well, come on, we came up with a whole new premise for it. We we just yes, got to get did. working on that new pilot. Yep. So <laughs> he never returned home. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We told you it was a revenge episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we carry on too long and get canceled, let's uh, Uh, wrap up the show here so uh, we we can say that we went out on top or something. Or Or something. Yeah, Buffy. What are we going to do now? Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Okay, but... Ah!